You are listening to the Mission Matters Podcast Network, where we amplify the stories of entrepreneurs, executives, and experts. Hello, and welcome back to the Future of Building Maintenance and the Mission Matters Podcast Network. I'm your host, Derek E. Moore, and I'm the president and CEO of Building Maintenance of Tomorrow. And today on our show, we're happy to have as a guest, Everett Sands from Lindustry. But before we get started, let's have our Mission Matters Minute. Our mission is to identify and engage with other entrepreneurs, business professionals, clients, and friends that want to make an impact in our society. And that can also embrace our core values, which are leading by faith, making a difference, making money while staying positive in all that we aspire to do. Because when we achieve all four of these things, there's nothing we can't accomplish together. So today, I'm honored to have as a guest on our show, Mr. Everett Sands from Lindustry. How are you doing today, Brother Sands? I'm doing well. I'm doing well. Good to talk to you. Absolutely. For sure. For sure. I'm excited to have this conversation with you today. And I kind of mentioned what our core values were and what mission matters to us at Building Maintenance of Tomorrow. So what mission matters to you over there at Lindustry? It's a great question. So Lindustry strives to provide access to capital, as well as financial education to small businesses and underserved and undercapitalized communities. So everything that we do and everything that we strive to do is built around that as our core. Oh, that's wonderful. And we met about maybe, I'd say probably maybe three or four years ago, a little before the pandemic. And I was fortunate enough to be a part of a financial literacy youth event at our church in Orange County. And they were having some young people do pitches on their up and coming and businesses. And I was asked to be a guest speaker as a current entrepreneur at that event. And I was able to meet with you and you kind of, kind of heard my story and we got together and did some business ourselves and you guys helped us out so much. And I'm glad that we started that relationship and, and looking forward to a long lasting relationship moving forward too. Yeah, same here. Same here. Happy that we met. And and that kind of goes to the core of our mission, which is helping entrepreneurs like yourself, but also being in the community and helping those younger entrepreneurs that are are all, all of our future and making sure at a young age, they kind of get the correct path forward, right? Yeah, absolutely. For sure. And there were some dynamic young people there that day. And it was, it was really nice to these individuals, these these teenagers with this passion for entrepreneurship. That was really nice to see. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. So tell me a little bit about your background and, and what led you to start Lindustry and get into the company that you're in now. So I come from a family of entrepreneurs. My family is from the Caribbean, the Bahamas, and also from Texas, but they migrated to DC. And so several, I would say, generations of family members are, are in some type of small business. And it all kind of stems from one patriarch of the family, who was my grandfather. He was a tailor in the 1930s. And if you kind of know the, the Black community in, the, in, in those times, tailoring shop was very much like what we consider a barber shop today. It was a place oh, where absolutely. the community would come. Back in the um, 30s, they used to dress real nice every day, top to bottom, head to toe. <laughs> That's right. That's right. Well, some of us still do like you. Not not me. I'm, I'm more of a teacher. <laughs> but, yeah, but, I definitely uh, like the dress, for sure. <laughs> but, you know, so he became a pillar in the community. and He ended up having five different locations. He was one of the first African-Americans to get a contract with the U.S. Army. He made the Korean War Caps. 
Oh, wow. Uh, That's great. Yeah, he'd been in an apprenticeship school. Unfortunately, back then, veterans would come home and they wouldn't have a job to go to. And so he leveraged his trade to teach them that trade. And we probably could use some of that today with some of our veterans that are coming back. But nonetheless, uh, he had an apprenticeship school, had the tailoring shop, and and was a pillar. And the the good side is is he built up multiple locations and it led to a considerable amount of wealth. The bad side is that he got some bad advice in terms of access to capital, financial advice, and and tax advice. And so he lost a lot of it. Um, Oh, wow. And and so I kind of grew up with the story of what if, right? If you can imagine as a kid driving by a location and and having my mom say, hey, you know, just so you know, we used to own that or we used to be here, you know, and and not knowing the whole story because, you know, as a kid, they don't want to tell you everything. I couldn't really put all the pieces together. Sure, and sure. the way I grew up, when I grew up, there were two, there were still two stores. They were much smaller than the other stores, but there were two stores and all the cousins, everybody worked at these stores. Now, I didn't have any, I had no artistic skills that came in and draw a stick figure. So they put me on the cash register. Okay. And that was the beginning of my customer service and, and learning math. And, you know, and now, you know, fast forward, I'm, I'm a sales guy who loves math tremendously but but that was sure. my job i would sweep the floors and i would work the cash register and everybody in the family had some type of job at these shops oh, okay uh, so i got to see small businesses a very at a very young age but again it was really that overriding what if that kind of permeated throughout my curiosity that really led me to be thinking about small businesses and to think about access to capital differently and i didn't necessarily think about it from the small business side, I actually thought about it from how could I help my grandfather? And okay. So as I went as I went through school and made a decision about what I wanted to do, I ended up getting a finance and everything just kind of led me back to that same thought. Okay, so how do I help? How do I help? How do I help? And that my grandfather has since passed away, but it matured into how do I help other small businesses that look like my grandfather? And now I just think that every every business is my grandfather. So I just, I, I treat everybody the same. You know, no matter the dollar amount they're borrowing, no matter what they're trying to do, and I try my best to find a way to help them, even if sometimes it's just advice, and sometimes it's obviously access to capital, and sometimes it's access to capital and advice. Right, right. Oh, that's great. Oh, that's great. Uh, so what's different about uh, industry for small business owners? You know, the best way I would explain it, furthermore, is you want to think about it like the way you kind of think about education. And we go through junior high school and then high school. And then if we're lucky enough, we get to go to a university and then a post degree and maybe multiple degrees. And banking kind of works the exact same way. So if I would put a bank in bank financing, it's closer to kind of that university level or that secondary degree level. And because of that, you know, what happens a lot of times to our entrepreneurs is they try to go right to the bank, right? So Imagine being a junior high school student that says, I'm going to apply to the university. And if it was education, we kind of know the right way to go. We know that we no, we can't just go from junior high school to, to the university. we got to go to high school first. But sometimes in finance, we don't quite understand that. Sure. So industry is there for twofold. One, industry is high school, right? We're not quite a micro lender and we're not the bank, but we're right in the middle to help small businesses on their path of access to capital and help them in what we call the capital continuum, which basically just means we're the lender in the middle. And so our loan sizes are 50000 to $5 million, but it allows that entrepreneur to go through several stages in the growth of their company. So that's the one thing. It's where we stay. Okay. Second thing is we create programs that 
allow for some non-traditional items. And so what I mean by non-traditional items is we have some programs that don't require tax returns. We have some programs that might not necessarily have the stringent nature that a bank has, but it could have similar terms. And then we have programs like SBA. We can do SBA loans up to $5 million. And sometimes people just want to see somebody that looks like them either leading the SBA firm. I mean, we're the, we're the first African-American-led firm to ever get approved by SBA to be one of their, it's called a small business lending company. Or SBA oh, yeah. Okay. That's great. Congratulations on that. Thank you. Thank you. Which means we have the same ability as with SBA as a bank or a credit union does. And, and and we all charge the same rates in this scenario, and we're all pretty much the same. Just sometimes people like us, maybe we have faster service, or again, they like, you know, they build a relationship or rapport with, with some of our salespeople or our relationship managers, um, and they just want a different experience. And then I would say the third thing that makes us different is we are actually at our core, we're a tech company. And so what we do is we try to leverage technology to make the financial process smoother, stronger, and better. And, and I tend to think of us as like fine wine. We just get better and better year over year with that. Okay. And and that has led us to do a lot of different things. Sometimes we're, we're leveraging our technology for loans. Sometimes it's grant programs. We have various cities, counties, and states that we partner with to get out money. And the most recent money is obviously related to the pandemic. But in a regular world or normal situation, it's just money towards helping small businesses get access to capital. Right. Okay. Very good. Great to know. And from my personal experience, and uh, when we came to you, you know, I was in business for a while as a small business owner and tried to get traditional institutional lending and funding for a very long time or went and got denied because we were not the type of client that they wanted. And then, you know, early on, we did get some funding, but it was from like, close to loan shark interest rate type of scenarios. And it was very, very costly to get funding and whatnot. So when you say that you you were like right in the middle, I can definitely attest to that because, you know, the, the process was streamlined. You you got us access to the funding that we needed. And it was very, very different from both experiences on the, the hard money type of loan situation to the institutional banks. And and a lot of the times companies aspire to be with institutional banks. And so is there an advantage to go to the institutional banks when you get to a certain level? Or should you stay with, keep a relationship with Lindustry no matter how large you get? I think what happens is the relationship with Lindustry matures as the company matures. And, and first sure. of all, thank you for your kind words. And so if you think about it, when you're a larger company, you're going to need more capital. And definitely the bank is the best place to go. But when you're a larger company, as you know, running your business, that also means you have larger accounts receivables, or you might be selling your product. And so then Lendistry, the, the relationship evolves where instead of us being a lender to you, we might be a lender to one of your customers so they can pay you. Sure, right? sure, so, and so if you're a leader or a CEO of your company, you don't want to think of it as kind of one shop fits all, right? It's almost like owning a car. Like, you might have your favorite car and you might have your favorite brand, but you're going to go through multiple cars in your lifetime. Right. And lending kind of the exact same way. You're going to actually go through multiple loans. Now, sometimes it's because you're in a, a bad situation. Sometimes you're in a good situation. Sometimes you're in, you know, you need a line of credit and sometimes you need a term loan. Sometimes you need equipment loan, you know, so you just go through these different iterations in the course of your business. But I think where Lendistry specifically says is there's a time where we're lending to 
to you, the business, and that could be an uptime and sometimes it's a downtime, whatever that might be. But then if that business succeeds, which we hope they all do and they get really big, then lenders should become what we would call a, like an in-house financing partner. And so sure. we're financing your customers, which you know we, we like that because again, we get to keep helping that business succeed. We're there sometimes to still provide that financial advice and that guidance. And then we also are just playing this different role, which we're helping them to help their customers evolve and succeed and, again, get access to capital. So it's all about being part of kind of a complete ecosystem, and we like to fill that bucket. Yeah, absolutely. The sound, that makes a lot of sense, and that's great. That's great. So what do business owners need to know before they apply for a loan with Lindustry or any type of loan? Yeah. I mean, the best way to think about it is different types of loans. Again, if we... If we go back to the car example, just like there's multiple brands and then, you know, so then inside of the brand, you have multiple models of the car. Lending is the exact same way, right? So on one extreme, we have something where we're just kind of looking at your bank statements and we're trying to make a decision about what loan is good for you. Those are generally going to be loans smaller than $100,000. And then in the other extreme, we might have SBA, which requires three years of business tax returns and three years of personal and your financial statements. So Really, it kind of depends on which extreme you're on, but if we take the SBA extreme, because that, that will be the one that has the most documents, the, the basics are you're going to take an application with us, three years of personal tax returns, three years of business, and, and just to be clear, some SBA does allow for startups, so you might not have all these things, but assuming you do, we're going to request it, six months of business bank statement, and then on a clear understanding of what you're going to use the funds for. And so when I say that, if you're going to use it for equipment, might ask you for an invoice for the equipment you're purchasing. If you're going to use it to buy a building, we're going to ask you for the contract and anything that might relate to that contract, inspections on this money deposited, information okay. on the escrow or title company, different things like that. So again, just kind of depends on what you're going to use those those funds for. That will lead you to a, a little bit separate, but that list is just related to whatever you decide you're using the money for. So. Either way, we have we have loan aids, we have people that will help, we have our website, we have a variety of different ways to help the customer get through that process. Yeah, definitely. And once again, uh, that's something else I can attest to. This It was a streamlined process when we went through through it with you and, you know, everything was online. We didn't have to gather all these papers and mail them to you or fax them to you or email them. You had it all in your system. It was all set up and in one portal, and it was very, very streamlined, very easy to go through that process. So I definitely appreciate that because in the past, you know, I had to go through, jump through all kinds of hoops and made it the whole process more difficult. So I can definitely say that, you know, it was a great experience going through industry and getting that financing. Okay. So the last, last really question that I had for you, Everett, was as a business owner, why do you think it's important? to build an ongoing relationship with a commercial banking institution? I think the first thing is because we all need banking, right? I mean, whether you write checks or send out automated payments or you need a place where you can take in you know, deposits and things from the people that pay you, it's just good to have a banking relationship. And then just going back to all of us are trying to grow our business. And, you know, if I were to say the North Star, which is the place we're all trying to go, it's going to end up being in a banking relationship or some type of larger financial institution relationship. So I think it's important to build that relationship, whether you end up with them or not at the end, because it's okay to learn a little bit as you go along. 
And starting that relationship helps you to begin that learning process. And hopefully at some point you do find someone that you like and you find an institution that you like and they grow with you. Yeah. Phenomenal. Yeah. That's great. Well, awesome. Well, I mean, we covered a lot in a a short period of time there. (laughs) Yeah. That was a financing and funding one-on-one most definitely. And once again, I thank you for joining us today, Brother Everett, and congratulations on your success with uh, Lendistry and continued success. And I I look forward to uh, continuing to refer other business owners to you and your organization and giving them my experience and letting them know that they will be taken care of. I also look for bigger and better things that we can do together as well down the line. So I really appreciate the times you spend with us and talking to my my listeners today has definitely been a pleasure. So if my listeners wanted to get in touch with you, how could they get in touch with you or any of your associates at Lindustry? Great, great question. Thanks again for the opportunity to be here. And they can go to Lindustry.com, L-E-N-D-I-S-T-R-Y.com. So Lindustry.com. And we look forward to helping them. Awesome. Very good. Very good. Thank you again. Thank you again. And and thank you for listening. Thank you for listening again to the Future of Building Maintenance podcast. I've been your host, Derek E. Moore. Don't forget to subscribe and like our page. You can also visit us on our website at www.bmotw.com. You can also find us on LinkedIn and all social media platforms under my name, Derek E. Moore, that's D-E-R-E-C-K, or my company name, Building Maintenance of Tomorrow. And thanks for joining us. And we'll see you on the next episode. Have a great day or evening and God bless. This has been a Mission Matters Network production. Listen to this show and browse our entire catalog by visiting missionmatters.com.